For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, brought to you by Vortex Optics. And today, we're talking about paying it forward so you have big payoff with big bucks later in the season. Guys, there's been some hunting getting done, man. Here at the Element Crew, at the Wired to Hunt Crew, there's been hunting going across the country, and we've talked a lot about it. Our good friend Mark Kenyon is joining us this week. Mark, how you feeling, man? Hey, Casey. I am I'm good. I just uh, just got home a few days ago from my first whitetail hunt of the year, which is you know great to kind of kick off the rust, get that in the books. And then uh, my next hunt, the year kicks off in Michigan in just a few days on uh, October 1st. So it's like Christmas. Best time of year is here, buddy. How's old Rookie? Rookie's dead. Oh, is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, at Gosh. least I'm I'm 99% sure. He, he disappeared at the end of October last year, and I have not seen hide or hair of Rookie. Mm. So he's not on the radar anymore. How does it make you his, feel? Uh, Are you excited to start with a clean template, or do you kind of miss having that target buck? You know what's been what's been nice about that area where Rookie was living is you know I've been hunting that area for I don't know twelve years now or something, and there's been like a dramatic improvement in the number of bucks that make it to older age classes. Mm-hmm. So you know when I first started hunting there, like there would be one three year old and that would be the only buck like that'd be the best buck in the whole area. You know like in the six hundred and forty eight acre block that I could hunt that other people hunted. Like that'd be the one deer we were seeing. Mm -hmm. And in the years since then, you know, I've worked with some neighbors. Uh, I've passed a ton of deer. I've been working on trying to improve some things. I've gotten permission on other properties in the general area. And uh, long story short, more and more folks are are kind of letting younger deer go. And what that's led to is, you know, now 10, 11, 12, 13 years later, when I used to have one three-year-old now this year, I've got like, multiple four-year-olds and a five-year-old and several three-year-olds so if one of them gets whacked i'm not too bummed out because there's several other deer that you know i know of and that i've been kind of following and keeping tabs on over the years too Mm -hmm. so so like this year i've got one buck that's a five-year-old that i'm really interested in and then and i've seen a ton and then another four-year-old that i saw a ton and passed a bunch so those would be my top two and then there's another four-year-old that I saw some last year that I would sh- take a crack at. And then a fourth buck that I'm like on the fence about. So that's awesome, you know, for Michigan to have a bunch of deer like that to yeah. get me excited and wake me up in the morning. So I'm not, I'm not mourning the passing of rookie too much because uh, there's more food on the, on the buffet. Well, you better not podcast about this stuff too much because people are going to start, you know, giving you Michigan guys the side eye when you say it's tough up there. It sounds like you got a few deer, man. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's all relative, right? Yeah, so absolutely. It's, uh, it's not too bad. It's not too good. It's, it's just right. I guess it's hunting. That's uh, what it is, man. It's, yeah. it's cool. And, uh, we are doing the opposite of target deer hunting. We're hunting any deer hunting at the moment. <laughs> We're out, uh, you know, been chasing some deer around on public, uh, actually been just, uh, chasing the yellow line for most of, uh, the last 48 hours. I've slept about three hours in the last 48. So probably gonna take a nap after we get done with this, but you know, we're running high on the adrenaline of big bucks. Had some encounters this morning, uh, in Nebraska on public ground. Um, Tyler, uh, did some scouting today. Yeah. Uh, saw a coyote. Ch- 
It's good day. Go. Good day. <laughs> Heard yeah. of pheasant. How close was he? Oh, a long ways. Oh, <laughs> oh man, good to three hundred at least for sure. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. And yeah. you know, it seems like here that food is king right now, and that's just the thing that you're hunting. Or actually, food and water. Uh, is Michigan? Hmm. I mean, do y'all have droughts there? Is that a thing that happens in Michigan, or is it so? kind of going back to everything being relative like yeah. we do have droughts where there's long stretches without rain and that mm-hmm. can impact the crops but we don't have droughts at the same scale as like something like you might have down in texas or mm-hmm. the folks out west have where there's just no water like mm-hmm. our baseline water level is so high there's water sources like everywhere at least in most parts of michigan there's ponds everywhere there's streams everywhere there's swamps everywhere so mm-hmm. even in the driest years it's really hard for water to become like a major limiting factor. So it's not, I'm not gonna say it's never something I key on, but it's, it's definitely not as high on my list as it might be in a place like Nebraska. Yeah. It's probably more for you, uh, just food pot production. I would think like you need the rains at the right time to make sure that the plots come up. Otherwise just, uh, end up with a bare field. Yeah. Here right now, man, it's, um, the cattle tanks are where it's at. I watched 15 deer drink out of a cattle tank this year. I mean, this morning. Wow. And uh, definitely making some patterns off of that. And it feels good, man, just to be out in the woods making moves on deer is such a huge thing. You know, mm-hmm. like you can get down in the dumps. Like we were actually talking about, you know, off the air a while ago and, and not celebrate those small victories. And like the thing that I like to celebrate is learning something. Like it really means something to get out there and to learn something about the way whitetail act and behave and be able to use that in your hunting repertoire now and for forevermore, you know? Like, I kind of yeah. throw this actually back to, I killed a deer um, in Oklahoma late, late season last year, but in a drought, and he was on a water pattern in the evening. And uh, actually, that video is going to come out here in about a week or so. But it w- without actually uh listen to your boy tony talk about it and read some of his stuff and talk to him a lot about water hunting and i was like all right i'll give it a shot and sure enough you know public land buck down so like you just kind of for and it took me a long time to recognize water as a legitimate source of of a thing to hunt and then now we show up in nebraska and it's like the first thing i'm looking at you know because i have that experience and i don't know uh like you were saying about being positive if you if you just get negative because you spook deer, you have a bad hunt or whatever. Um, it, it can get in the way of your learning and actually focusing on the details that can help you. Yeah, man. And, you know, you, you mentioned how you saw some good bucks this morning. and I was thinking about, you know, the same kind of things happening to me on my hunt. I was just on. And what a great feeling it is when you do get eyes on a deer you want to take a crack at or you get that little bit of intel that all of a sudden switches you from being down in the dumps to all of a sudden feeling like you're in the game. Like mm-hmm. that feeling of, oh man, I'm in the game. Like that is such a great feeling. Like that's mm-hmm. a win right there. That, that is so much, it's, it's so exciting in the moment. And sometimes I let myself gloss over it and I'm trying to get better at just being like, man, this is it. It's those little things along the way that make hunting so awesome. And uh, so, man, soak it in. You, you're in the game, buddy. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good day. Let's go. That's the truth, man. That's the Let's truth. Let's go. <laughs> Being in the game is, is uh, I, I struggle, man, to to uh, have fun sometimes when I'm not in the game. Like, or no. when I don't have that feeling that you're talking about. Really, I have like, I feel like I have three levels almost where there's uh, this level of, um, I can't figure out what the heck to do, and it's 4 p.m. early season, I got to just go do something, glass or yeah. whatever. And then there's like a level of like, well, this could work, but um, this has been a tough hunt, and I don't really expect deer to do what I'm assuming they might do in this spot. And then there's the level of like feeling real good about it and almost calling your shot, you know, and that's, yeah. that is just, a, it is like a special feeling, man. And even if it doesn't come together, usually those those end up being pretty good hunts because uh, you see a lot of deer or something like that because you felt good about it, you know. So Man. I don't know. I so, uh, so true. But I do struggle. Like I almost feel like I struggle early season uh, mentally more than um, like you know November and later because uh, for one, obviously November anything can happen, um, and then later in the season, you know, if I have a couple bucks under my belt. I'm feeling uh, pretty satiated, you know, and right. early season, I, I just have this like, you know, 
I don't know. It's just like almost like a stress. You know what I'm talking about? And some people may not quite understand, but like, I just feel like I'm spending a lot of money to go out of state and uh, chase deer for a long time. And it's a difficult time to kill deer sometimes, uh, depending on where you are and what kind of access you have and everything. And I just like, I just almost have this thing where it's not even like prove it's, it's something to prove, but it's not really anything to prove to anybody else. It's, it's to prove to myself that I'm not wasting money and time. You know what I mean? So, um, I, it's stressful. I know what you mean. 2000%. Two thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how, how I, has your Idaho hunt been going, man? So I don't want to give too much away because tomorrow's episode, like the main show, I'm going to dive into the details of mm-hmm. it. Um, but I'll, I'll give you, if you want it, I'll give you like a one through 10 um, as far as like what activity was like. Okay. Yes. Um, and then I can, I can give you a little bit more of a, you know, just like a, a deer report. I'm going to save my personal details. I'll give you the generic details. <laughs> okay. And I would yeah, say, we don't want to uh, hear what you and Josh had to do, you know, extracurricular wise. Hey, I, you know? <laughs> I know you're, I also know you're a lumper. So these deer, this deer <laughs> report isn't, it doesn't include trout or anything, yeah. does it? Or no, I can, I can give you a trout report okay. too because we dabbled there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need to pick me up. That's what I hey. told Josh. Dude, you see me a picture of a trout. I was like, dude, sometimes you got to go just catch a trout. Man. There's it no doubt Mark better. had the Haller Bros hat on for sure, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you know me too well. You know? <laughs> um, so, so on a scale of one to ten, I'd put you know overall deer activity like a like a five. Um, there was deer activity, and what was very interesting is that where there was heavy deer hunting pressure and this is this should be no surprise where there was heavy hunting pressure the activity was much much lower and much much later but we had an interesting location where we were at where we could be hunting on this public land that was getting pounded i mean just like pillaged and then right across the road was some private land where there was obviously no hunting pressure and so on the public land that we were hunting you know we weren't seeing deer till the last 20, 10, five, three minutes of daylight. I mean, the very end. And we had to, at times, finally, as I, throughout the course of the week, I was pushing further and further and deeper and deeper and more and more aggressive. And finally was, you know, finding deer, you know, way, way back, like on the edge of the river and the farthest back reaches of possible bedding cover. And those deer were still not getting out of their beds till three minutes before daylight, uh, before dark, sorry. Mm -hmm. So, so that was the activity level on the public, but right across the road, you know, 500 yards away, there were shooter bucks, mature bucks feeding in the middle of alfalfa fields at noon. (laughs) (laughs) So there'd be like 20 deer out in the middle of an alfalfa field within range, within sight of the public land. And I could see these deer on the other side of the road out there living their, living their best life. So, you know, the deer are on the feeding patterns. If they're comfortable and not being chased around all over the place where they were being chased around, they're moving very, very late. There's yeah. deer still feeding on alfalfa. There were also some deer feeding on corn and actually living in cornfields right now adjacent to public land. We started realizing that a lot of these deer had been pushed onto the public or sorry, off the public into the private cornfields mm-hmm. as like a sanctuary. Yeah. Um, so those are some things we noticed. Well, Josh sent me a picture of a buck that is no longer moving too, so uh yeah not even in the last few minutes of daylight so (laughs) we found some we found some dead ones that folks had hit and not recovered yeah really golly man so before i think the last time we talked to you we talked about how y'all were going to head out a little bit later in september to try to avoid the opening pressure and stuff do you feel as if you would do that again or is that something that you think kind of is uh kind of on the out and out now so our theory was wrong in this case, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, it, maybe it would still work if we pushed later, but we didn't push late enough possibly because, mm-hmm. because what ended up happening was that there was still hunting pressure, even in the third week of September. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we didn't get away from the hunting pressure, but the extra downside was that now we were not enjoying those first few days of the season when deer were still acting dumb. Mm-hmm. So in the past two years, we'd have two, three, four days where these deer you know, even though there was pressure now, they were still living a good life and they weren't, you know, changing things up dramatically. So we were seeing them. Now we arrived 20 days, you know, into hunting pressure for these deer and they had already gone back to their bunkers and like, it's a war zone for them. So <laughs> we, we had none 
of the, you know, easy daylight bucks floating around thinking that it's safe and free anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, it was an interesting hunt that I'll get into the full scoop on tomorrow, but there was not nothing easy. Like in previous years, we were seeing big bucks, like not too far from the food sources, 45 minutes before daylight. Um, you know, even on public land, now we were going back two miles to get to that, but now we had to go further back deeper and like in the freaking trenches to find anything. Mm-hmm. Well, so goes public sometimes, but, um, I'm glad you guys got to hang out and do the, do the hunt again. You know, you never know when Josh is just going to ditch out on you. So <laughs> you never yeah. know. I mean, and, and, uh, man, we, uh, we had some good some good discoveries, some good lessons learned. And, and I'm not going to tell you what happened, how it ended, but there, there might be a little twist at the end. Oh, so oh tune in fancy. To find out. Fancy. Tune right. in tomorrow to find out what happened. I hope uh, it's not like a grizzly attack or something, but <laughs> hope you guys are all right. I'm, I'm still kicking. <laughs> yeah, you are. We don't know about Josh. <laughs> yeah, might be, it might be a hologram that's over there on Instagram right now. Um, well, so I'm glad that you guys had a good hunt, man, uh, together and, uh, sounds like uh, we're going to get to hear more of that on the main show here shortly. So I'm looking forward to yes. that. Um, this week, we actually have on the Rut Fresh, we have Tony Peterson in Wisconsin. We all know him pretty well. Uh, one of our friends, Nick Gonzalez, killed a nice public land buck in Arkansas. Jesse Richard uh, with a report from Iowa. And our good friend, Matt Dye from Land and Legacy in Missouri. He was a part of a big buck kill there. So... We're looking forward to hearing from these guys. Let's go ahead and get to the interviews. All right, on the phone now, Tony Peterson from Meat Eater. You guys are familiar with this guy. Uh, Tony, you've had success in Wisconsin recently. Yeah, I uh, took my daughter over, one of my twin daughters over, I should say, on opening weekend, and we we fought the the mosquitoes and the spiders and the stupid humidity and the heat and ended up killing a spike so it, it worked out pretty well it's good man that spike is about as clean of a spike as i've seen it looks like yeah he's uh he's a clean one and now my my other twin daughter she's i'm taking her this weekend and she said we gotta we gotta get one with at least three points Dad. <laughs> i was wondering <laughs> if there's like a jealousy factor there at oh, all man big time and you know she killed one she killed a forky last year so this this daughter that killed this weekend she that was her first buck so she's stoked oh man but now her sister's like i need to do just a little bit better so i even i showed her a picture of a little four pointer that we have coming into that same plot and she. She said, Dad, do those those little ones in front, do those count as points? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, that one will beat your sisters if you kill them. Oh, awesome, dude. Well, so you got, you were fighting mosquitoes. Was it, is it above, like, normal temperatures, or has it been? Is it pretty warm? Oh, man, it was way above our, our normal seasonal temperatures. And it was, you know, we get we get such humidity up here that you know it's just it's weird when you go out in the morning and it, you know it had rained the night before the opener so everything was wet anyway but just the humidity was like a hundred percent and you know you kind of expect to go out and have it be kind of chilly and maybe see your breath in the morning even if it's going to get pretty warm in the day but it was like 65 degrees in the dark i mean which is you know pretty unusual for us this time of year mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, has that did that do you think that's been affecting the deer much or are they pretty much still just in normal early season patterns man i don't i don't think it affected the deer that much really i think what it did was kept a lot of people at home because i don't know if i've ever had a opener you know in, in my home state of minnesota or over in wisconsin where i've seen fewer trucks and field drives and stuff where you're like that's definitely a hunter i didn't i didn't hardly see that last weekend yeah yeah so Tony Peterson, the mobile hunting aficionado, how do you manage to uh, slow it down and, and make a hunt fun for for you girls, man? Uh man, it is like so hard for me to just go. You know, basically we're turkey hunting, right? Like mm-hmm. we're sitting in blinds, and it's like get on a good spot and ride out as many hours as you can, and it's rough, but you know, with, with the girls, they just, they can't, they can't do the mobile thing yet. It just wouldn't work. And so I just, I'm like, this is just what I'm doing. But what does help with that is we are hunting any deer. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like you're sitting there and you're going, you know, it's 140 or bust or whatever. It's like, if a deer walks by here, we're going to shoot at it. And that makes it a little more tolerable because you're like, it's, you know, you're probably not going to have to put in tons and tons of time before that happens. But, you know, we hunted eight hours on Saturday, never saw a deer. And yeah. Sunday we got out there and an hour into it, that spike came in. So we saw a deer and killed it. Mm. Wow. Well, that's efficiency at its finest, man. So congrats on that. Across the country, it seems that uh, mast fall is starting to happen. And I know different areas of the country is going to be a little bit different. But, uh, you know, acorns, as we call them, are falling here and falling across the south. I know for sure from some other buddies. Is that affecting some of the patterns that you've kind of been uh, setting up on for a hunt like this? I would say that that played a pretty big role. Uh, in You know, I didn't expect to see a lot of deer anyway because I just wouldn't in those setups. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've we had a we've got a pretty good hard mass thing going on right now. And the, the apples and the soft mast over there where I was hunting in Wisconsin are definitely playing into it. And I know just from checking cameras before the opener, my sightings went way down mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just, yeah, there could be other reasons, you know, there you might have a pack of wolves or something come through that kind of kills it for a little while. But I suspect what was happening was a mass situation. Yeah. Yeah. So going forward, you in in Wisconsin, do you feel like that uh, that's going to continue to change things up, or is it going to actually get consistent uh, for guys that move their cameras and react to that kind of stuff? Um, you know, it, it's so variable, but the the mass thing it comes and goes usually pretty quick, and I see this happen so much because I hunt a lot of early season stuff where it's a pretty big factor in the first couple of weeks. And then you, you kind of tack on the, the, you know, initial hunting pressure. And so I look at the forecast going forward and I look at the reality that the mass is going to get, get eaten up a little bit. And I just think it's going to get really, really good. And I, I actually like, you know, where we're hunting over in Wisconsin and some of my places in Minnesota, I like, you know, about two weeks into the season when, the acorns aren't really affecting it as much and the apples aren't and the people are kind of giving up until the rut. There's a good time there, especially on public land to get out and figure one out when, you know, most people just aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that you love to get out there and capitalize on some of that lower pressure time of year like this. So as you look forward to the next year with, uh, you know, kind of fall continuing to progress and, and maybe some things changing, you know, deer starting to slowly push more into that more testosterone type mentality, what do you predict deer movement to be like, or especially buck movement on a scale from one to 10? Ooh, I'll give it a seven. Ooh, it's yeah. a good number. I like it. Yeah. I think it, I think it's going to get good, man. And I think that a lot of people in their head, they think it's just not, it's not going to get there yet. But you know, that in that situation where we're hunting over in Wisconsin, when, when those really localized food sources dry up, they kind of got to work. There's a lot of browsing going on and a lot of big wood stuff. So they cover ground and you know how it is when, when bucks start covering ground, they start leaving you some sign to work with. And I actually, I think it gets almost a little bit easier right at the beginning of October, end of September to, to figure out what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, that's really cool. That's exciting. Such an exciting time of year for all of us anyways. And then a guy like Tony starts throwing out some big numbers as far as like a uh, hot fist, man. It's about time to roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, here's the deal guys. And you know this, even if I said, I think it's going to be a one, you still should go hunting. Yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. You know, I mean, sure. honestly, the, if you would ask me on Friday night before the opener, what the deer movement's going to be like and what the buck movement's going to be like, I would have maybe set a one or a two just to give it a little bit of grace for the opening weekend. You know, they, they haven't been hunted yet, mm-hmm. but it would have been a low number and it's still worth going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They have to exist somewhere, man. And I think a lot of guys forget that and they try to time it out right. And for sure, you have to balance uh, your time off versus, you know, uh, time with family and then time in the woods. So put all those numbers together and you can come up with a real good reason to not go to the woods. But I tell you what, man, there's never a better time than now to go out and capitalize. So, Tony, we appreciate the update, dude, and I hope you have a great rest of the season. Awesome. Thank you, fellas. Okay, on the phone now, Nick Gonzalez. You're actually from Texas. You're a friend of ours, local to us, but you have been up in Arkansas doing some deer hunting. How's everything going right now, man? Uh, I'm on cloud nine right now. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. From, uh, 
successful uh, weekend hunt. So that's awesome, dude. So um, you're just kind of breaking down what you what you got going on from from that hunt, basically, right? And you got some meat, and you got a bunch of trash everywhere. It sounds like. Yeah, uh, like I was saying earlier, it's uh, it's crazy how much trash you can accumulate in a truck in just two days of. <laughs> hunting and camping yep. just with one buddy yeah so you have uh you have done what seems about near impossible to me at this point but you've shot a public land buck in arkansas and it's a toad in man. september in september nonetheless dude. Oh, yeah. wow yeah. how'd you do that man <laughs> well uh we actually my buddy and i went up there um in january uh did some scouting we did a little bit of hunting to have a, a late season there um actually came and talked to you guys and looked at the Onyx maps and just kind of picked out some locations. So, um, obviously with Onyx, you can see, you know, the, uh, topography and everything else, but it's good to just get boots on the ground out there. So that's what we did. We went out there and did some scouting, um, like the location that we were at, didn't see a whole lot, just late season and everything. Um, but I saw that they had a September opener there in, in Arkansas. So I wanted to give it a shot. Um, I, I did not expect to get a buck. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but anything would have been great for me, um, just to get a September deer. So, uh, definitely, definitely started with Onyx and then just getting some boots on the ground. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool, man. So when you went up there in September, this time got boots on the ground, uh, in that, you know, early season stuff, what did you see that made you decide to hunt where you did? Um, so I found a pretty clean looking creek uh it was close to private um and they had a feeder set up over there i don't know that it was being used or not um but it was just a really good water source for the deer there um it's kind of a a good little funnel point just because it was real tall pasture on one side uh and then some good um oak flats in the bottom but this particular area was real green had some good grass and then it had a, a pretty hard edge um, of trees beside it where you could tell that that was probably where they were bedding so they're definitely cruising through this little um, funnel area by the creek, you know, to get some get some food. Um, and so that was kind of the game plan was, you know, hopefully they would come out um, of their beds to come get some food. And uh, ultimately, that's what what happened. Did you uh, feel like that deer were eating acorns while you were there? The guy, the, the buck that I shot was eating acorns as I shot him. Oh, man, oh, that's man. cool. <laughs> what, were they yeah. just, uh, would you, could you tell what kind of oaks they were? Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a tree guy like you guys. I really don't know what kind of oak it was. To be yeah. honest with you. As cool. long as there's a tasty acorn on the ground, they hey. said it's a good place to set up. Yeah. Now you know <laughs> yeah. too, that they yeah. like the acorns right there and it's a good spot to yes. kill deer too. That's it, man. So. That's cool. Yep. So was Absolutely. he, uh, was he, was he, he was basically just cruising to eat. He wasn't, when you say cruising, he wasn't like rut cruising by any means or was he? No, he was not. Okay. He came in with another buck. Um, he came in with a, probably a little three point. Um, who I saw first. You didn't and, want to shoot uh, that one. You know, the rules are, uh, I mean, if he was if he was solo, I would have shot him just because yeah. he was the only one I saw at first. But then I I saw the antlers on the other one turn. I said, uh, I'm not worried about that other guy. <laughs> Dude, how fast was your heart beating, man? It was it was it was pounding pretty good. I can say that much. That's your first buck with a bow. That's my first buck with a bow. Damn it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I had, hadn't done a ton of archery hunting. It really mostly recently is when I've, when I've done archery hunting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, first time I got a, got well, one. So congrats on that, dude. It's so awesome. How far was the shot? Uh, he was about 25. Mm-hmm. So he came in, he came in pretty close. Yeah. Um, I was up in the, yeah, I was up in that cruiser saddle and I gotta say if, if anybody does any public land hunting that is absolutely the way to go just to, just saddle hunting in general um because yeah. he came in at a good angle and you can just you can move all around that tree without making any noise neither one of them had any idea that i was there um so it worked out perfectly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man that's that's too cool so that's awesome story dude and i'm super pumped for you uh just you know knowing you as a, as a friend and knowing kind of your journey as a hunter that's just so cool to see you go up there and do that if other guys kind of like you trying to go out there be weekend warriors right now we have a uh you know kind of a cool front pushing through the country a little bit of weather in the gulf uh but looking forward to the weekend here what do you predict deer movement being like specifically buck movement on a scale of one to ten kind of for this upcoming week um 
it's kind of hard to say just, um, you know, we're still early season, but with this, with this cool front coming in, I think it's upper forties possibly going to be over there. Uh, it could be, I mean, I'm definitely going to be hunting and, uh, it would be, I would definitely recommend getting out there probably maybe around seven, mm. seven or so. That's exciting. Dude. Movement goes. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Dude. Seven's that gets me pumped. Seven's a great number. I know. Man. I love it. It's biblical number, right? <laughs> it's, it's right. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> that's um, why I chose it. Do you think that uh, acorns or acorns, however people want to say it, is is kind of the key right now as far as uh, you know bed to feed goes? Uh, it seems like it. I mean they're they're just now really starting to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw quite a bit on the ground, um, just in different various spots, and uh, that's definitely what what this guy, both of these deer, were targeting. So. Uh, yeah, I would, I would hone in on the acorns for sure. Well, that's awesome, dude. I'm, uh, if I don't kill tonight, I'm going to be honing in on some acorns too. So, uh, (laughs) I appreciate you hopping on, dude. Appreciate your friendship and, and I'm really, uh, just proud of your accomplishment, accomplishment, man. It's a, it's an awesome thing. I know it's a great feeling. I've felt it before and it's, uh, it's hard to beat. So congrats on everything, man. Yeah. Way to go, Nick. Appreciate it. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in this sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com. All right, now we've got Jesse Richard from Outdoor X Media. Jesse, how you doing this morning, man? Oh, not too bad. It's a good temperature for this time of year. I'm okay with it. Yeah, um, it's different down here in Texas. For some reason, everybody in the world is getting cold fronts, and Texas is sitting here 90-something degrees every day, so we're we're burning up, but... uh, it's good that you guys are getting some weather. I'm sure that's helping the deer movement. Um, now, you're trying to stay in whitetail shape right now, right? This isn't mountain shape or elk shape or anything, is it? Yeah, no, this is uh, – it's it's also college football season, so it, <laughs> you, you have to kind of – you know, you go to the gym a couple days of the week so you can uh, tailgate and have a few and eat some horrible food during the weekend. So it's a never-ending battle. Yep. So are you a cyclone guy or a hawkeye guy? Uh, I'm a Hawkeye guy. It's, ah. uh, hasn't been too awesome this year, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you got to stay loyal. It'll, it'll turn back around. That's I, right. I really like you guys logo, man. Y'all have a cool logo. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, I would totally yeah, wear a shirt tiger, like tiger that. Hawk. What's that? The tiger Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So cool. But so we're with the weather, with football season, one of the things that makes fall just the best time of year is that also you start getting cold fronts, things start changing, and the deer start moving. And you actually experienced this recently. You guys have been out, I think, quite a bit lately um, hunting, and, and your daughter shot a really nice, what is it, an eight-point? Uh, it's, it's a 10-pointer. It's a He's got short, short G4s. Um, but, yeah, our full season, our archery season opens up October 1st, but youth season's been open for, oh, about a week now. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for those who are listening, this is Iowa. This is like, yep. this is where people dream of going. You guys live there. <laughs> um, so I, I've been kind of following what you've been doing and you've, you've been posting some trail camera pictures and stuff like that. Now, lately, have you, is there a reason that you, you feel like you guys were successful? Was there a, uh, was there a weather pattern or a moon phase or anything that helped you out there to, uh, find success or, you know, was it something in the trail cameras that you were able to see that led you to, you know, kind of find out this is a pattern we should key in on? Yeah. This, so this particular farm is owned by one of my buddies. It's a, it's a 40 acre chunk. It's mostly ag, but has one pretty decent draw. And we have standing beans and I put in probably a three quarter acre brassica plot. And it, this farm actually got rain. We've been in a horrible drought uh up here one of my other farms that's less than five miles away until recently had had two inches of rain in three months 
So mm-hmm. trying to get food plots to grow were horrible, but this particular farm just caught all the little ones that the other one missed. So the food on it's been really good. Uh, we run a bunch of cell cameras. I think I have 40 to 50 myself on multiple different farms. And this is one of the deer that was pretty regular on the cameras. So we knew that he was around and in the area and he's a mature deer. I don't know exactly how old he is. Um, he's, he's five plus based off of all the characteristics, but, um, we, my other daughter hunted the same blind a week ago. So it was last Sunday and we didn't see him, but when we were walking out, he was in the food plot by the time we got out of the blind and we're walking out. Mm-hmm. So he was 10 minutes late. So I, I knew that it was, it was a weather issue because it was uh, probably 91 degrees when we got into the blind last week and it was 64 degrees on Thursday when she shot the deer. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a good cold front, man. That's, that, that's the kind of stuff that makes you excited for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. We've had this short little burst come through. We had a, had that hiccup of 90s plus degrees and then it slowly dropped off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Friday was good also. Today looks really good, but it's going to warm back up for a couple days here in Iowa, not to upper 80s, mid 80s, something like that. So it's it's September. It's that weird time of year where you get those highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. for sure. So congrats to y'all again on that great buck and the opportunity to get out in the, the stand with your daughter and put her on an ear. That's really awesome, man. As we yeah, look I forward it. to, uh, you know, that October 1 opener that you referenced there, uh, do you feel like food and water are going to be some of the key things that people need to be thinking about there across the central Midwest? So I don't know about everywhere else, but we have had an absolute amazing mass crop mm. uh, this year. The acorns are, I, I've, I've bow hunted for over 20 years and I've, I can't remember a mass crop like this. I mean, there, are, there are acorns on trees that haven't had acorns and they're dropping and it's, it's something else. So it's my personal cameras on a couple farms have been pretty dry mm-hmm. recently. Um, it between the deer shedding their velvet, I I've always called it the September scramble when they're shedding their velvet, the acorns are dropping, you know, you get these weird weather patterns. I lose a bunch of bucks. I gain bucks, but I know they're still in the area. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have anything to go after, you know, consistently, you know, as close to daylight movement or something like that, I'm a big doe hunter. I'll go, I'll go out whenever I can and start filling the freezer. <laughs> That's cool. That's exciting, man. So, uh, you know, does are good for freezers and bucks are, are also good for freezers and for having even more fun when you get to show off to your buddies, right? <laughs> so if, as we think about maybe some buck hunting as well early this season, uh, what do you predict the uh, deer movement between a scale of 1 to 10 to be, specifically the buck movement, as uh, season opens there? Uh, I, I think you're going to have your pockets of, of your home body deer that, are going to consistently do the same thing. I I've looked ahead to kind of the forecast and we don't have a huge weather front coming through. We just kind of have a gradual fall weather, you know, in the seventies for highs, forties, fifties for lows, just kind of stagnant for almost the next two weeks. So it's, it's kind of waiting to really go into your spot until you do get some sort of a weather weather front you know mm-hmm. a little even even a 10 degree temperature drop is is huge to deer it can get get those deer on their feet you know 10 15 20 minutes earlier will and get them to the food or into a transition point going to the food it just really depends and that's why we rely on trail cameras i mean the cell cameras are invaluable um it's they're a game changer awesome man well so if you were going to show somebody this picture on social media, where would you send them just to let them see the picture of this big old buck that was shot? Um, I've had it on my, on my, my social media pages. Um, we posted probably the best one on the outdoor X media Facebook page. And I'm going to probably edit the hunt this week and have it up next week. Uh, it's, I got everything on video. I've, I've been filming for, 15 16 years consistently and it's it's fun she 
my oldest daughter loved it. I, I don't think she's killed the deer or turkey off film uh, since she's been hunting. She's 11, so she's got half a dozen deer and three or four turkeys underneath her belt already. So That's awesome, man. Well, cool. So congrats on that. Tell her congrats, and we appreciate you hopping on the phone with us. Yeah, not a problem. On the phone now, I have got Matt Dye with Land and Legacy, and he has been hunting and filming in Missouri and filming some big old bucks, I think, man. Man, I can't I can't uh, be more happy than, than honestly the way the season kind of kicked off for us here in South Central, Southwest Missouri. It's been awesome. Encounters with some really mature deer and then some really good up-and-comers and, and uh, a lot of deer activity. So we had a great start to the opener. That's cool, dude. So Missouri kind of has a what I think is a unique opener in the country where it's like kind of mid to late September. And so you're not yep. really hunting uh, a true summer pattern, but it's not like fall pre-rut stuff, I wouldn't say. But why don't you explain to me a little bit more kind of what you had been seeing pattern-wise? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, September 15th, every single year is opener. doesn't matter what day it falls on. September 15th rolls around and, and bow hunters take to the woods. And it is that cool mix of um, still some summer pattern We've got some transitions on food sources that happen pretty frequently during this time frame. So um, you're kind of catching that tail end of summer activity, but things are due to change really in a matter of a couple days as season opens up every single year. And just depending on temperatures, depending on, um, you know, whether you got a mass production or not that year, kind of determines if those bucks are going to stay on that summer pattern for longer or not and um this year we have a really big white oak acorn crop through much of the much of the state and we got kind of lucky that not a lot had fallen prior to that september 15th date and they're hanging the tree a little bit longer and so we don't have all that food source being available and on the ground so most of the deer activity that we were hunting was definitely revolving around an alfalfa food source and then a brassica blend uh, food source just right next to each other probably about two and a half to three acres um, deer were absolutely piling in to both of those food sources yeah so you sound like you kind of have it pretty dialed and i've known you for a while man you actually make your living in property management and you know uh I guess, uh, evaluating wildlife properties as a whole. So yep. the place y'all were hunting, is that a place that you've put a lot of work into? So this is a place that uh, our good buddy, Seth Harker, who um, I hunt a lot with and is part of kind of our, our team um, from a filming and content standpoint, he has leased this place for 10, 12, maybe 15 years now. <clears throat> and he's a little limited on the amount of habitat manipulation that as an individual he can do. However, the landowner is very much into um, intense timber management. So Seth's kind of role as a leasee on this place is very much um, food plot oriented, Mm -hmm. but then there is a component of clear cuts. There's a component of thin timber, of edge feathering, of uh, prescribed fire, of pine plantations on this given 500 acre place and so although not everything is revolved around um wildlife habitat manipulation like i do for our clients it's still really good and it's above uh, it's, it's above um average let's say from the habitat that it does offer and then seth's done a great job of supplementing that habitat with a uh, really successful food plot kind of regime so that's yeah, cool uh, Every year, it's it's pretty much lights out. Got a great age structure, and that's the thing too. If you're if you're out there and you're listening, you don't have property to be that hands on and manage. <clears throat> you can still have a lot of influence on the age structure on the deer herd itself by what you're shooting, what you're not. So he's done a good job of that. And and every year there's, you know, four, five, six target deer um, on this place that are 140 inch and better. That's enough to make me get the shivers for sure, dude. That's cool. <laughs> so y'all actually yeah. uh, capitalized on some of that, uh, you know, kind of mid-September action, I believe, and were able to yep. uh, uh, shoot a really, really nice, speaking of age structure, buck, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that, Hunt? Yes. 
Absolutely. So <clears throat> the hunt kind of took place over the course of four days. Um, we weren't able to get out um, the first day of season work schedule, and then we didn't want to push it because uh, the wind wasn't just dynamite. And we said, you know what, let's just wait. Um, the next day is going to be better. We're a little bit more free. So we didn't push the envelope day one, but we hunted the, the um, next two days consecutively. That was a Friday, Saturday. And uh, we saw 30, 35 deer each night. And wow. night number one, we had the buck that he ended up shooting, uh, a seven and a half year old 10 pointer come strolling out 630. We had an hour of daylight um, left and he's at basically 75, 80 yards. And the field is just full of deer, but the deer never comes within range during that night. And um, we're like, well, I'm not terribly upset. I mean, shoot, we saw <laughs> we saw mature deer. We saw a, the target deer, really, that we're hunting. Um, let's just get back in here. Mm -hmm. And so same win the next night, get in there. We ended up seeing another uh, mature buck. And the one that we had hunted the night before came out in a different portion of the field, but 150 yards away kind of went to a different food source um and we're kind of left with their head scratched a little bit like man as as many deer, deer piled in here uh why didn't he come right back but nonetheless we saw a four and a half year old buck um right close to 150 inch deer and and he didn't come within range either so we kind of made a little bit of a judgment call um, the wind, the wind was going to switch from Southeast the first two days for the next two days is going to be Southwest and hunting out of a saddle. The first two nights, kind of on the West side of the plot, we've got a blind situated, um, uh, for a Southwest wind on the other side made that gameplay. He took his son the next day, um, saw the original seven and a half year old 10 pointer. And then that four and a half year old. They came into range right at last shooting light. And uh, they're like, man, such another close encounter. They're pounding this food source. We got a good clean entry and exit. And we're like, we're going to hunt it four nights in a row. Woo! Although temperatures, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty pretty, pretty daring. But we weren't getting busted getting in and getting out and while we were in the tree. So we're like, we're not really educating anything. So there's not a lot of harm and and we're playing the wind right um and and normally don't tend to be that aggressive in early season but at the same time frame we're kind of we're kind of trying to run the race with the acorn crop knowing that hey it's a bumper crop this year we don't want to push the envelope um and and try and wait out and try to give this field a little bit of rest if they're still showing up during daylight it's just a matter of time before they step within range during daylight hours too mm -hmm. so if they're coming we're coming and we got the right win. So the fourth night we hunted, <clears throat> it was 93 degrees that day. It was the hottest day of them all. And we're like, man, this is, this is warm. <laughs> we're facing West as we're in this blind, but, um, just like clockwork, here comes that one, four and a half year old, 150 inch deer. He comes out, starts feeding our direction. Um, and then about 30 minutes before dark or last shooting light, right as the sun was setting, just to our left, about 65 yards away, here comes that seven-and-a-half-year-old 10-pointer, strolls out of the timber and directly into the plot, puts his head down, starts feeding. And um, fortunately for us, unlike the other nights, he made his way into the plot, kind of fed to the center of the plot, um, much faster than other days and closed the distance to, to 40 yards um, with about 10 minutes, 15 minutes of light left. And uh, Seth made a, an excellent shot. But um, those deer were just kind of jockeying back and forth between the fall annual blend of uh, radishes, turnips, and uh, sugar beets and that alfalfa. So mm. he came within range and he made a great shot. Deer went about 80 yards and piled up. Ooh, man, you just got to love when they do that, dude. That's just a true testament <laughs> of uh, hard work, determination, and just, uh, you know, being committed to shooting mature bucks and things like that pay off. And that that is awesome. So as That's you it. look forward to 
you know, the next week here as um, maybe those acorns do start dropping. What do you yeah. predict buck movement to be like, maybe on a scale from one to ten? Well, I I'm going to say really looking at the weather that we've got, we've got low to mid 70s and cool nights down into the 40s uh, for for the next week. Um, and that, that temperature swing day to day is going to be pretty good. And mm-hmm. so I anticipate the deer, specifically mature bucks, they're going to be moving. But I want to throw caution out there, too, is they're probably going to be moving um, as these acorns are falling in different locations than what they have for the last couple months going from shifting from that kind of uh, green field, soybean, crop field, food plot, clover deal into more of a timber situation. So um, although it may not feel like they're moving great on your cameras, Mm -hmm. you got to make sure that those cameras are in the right locations. They're over um, your white oaks that are dropping and producing and you'll catch them there. They'll be there. Um, and, and it's not that, Hey, deer went nocturnal. It's just, they've shifted patterns because we've got a different food source here. Mm-hmm. I'm driving, driving back from Kansas right now, um, uh, from consulting. And the other kind of thing to consider for a lot of guys, if you're not in timber country with a lot of mass production is crops are changing. We got beans that are, uh, dropping leaves. We got corn that's coming out of the field. And so those are some considerations that you should have too, as, Again, food sources are really changing uh, this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's all good stuff to consider. You're always a wealth of knowledge, dude. Uh, and I know you filmed that hunt as well. So real quick, tell everybody where they yeah. can find maybe some of that footage and then also some other, uh, that knowledge that you boys at Landon Legacy have. Yeah. Um, if, if they want to see some of those harvest photos, um, definitely go check out Instagram and Facebook, Landon Legacy. Um, that, that hunt is actually going to be on YouTube and potentially television, um, next year. So, um, kind of got a new thing happening there. So we'll, we'll have some more announcements on that. Um, but do encourage people if they like the habitat, um, talk, they like manipulating their landscape, um, for the betterment of whitetail hunting or turkey hunting, definitely check out podcasts. Um, we do two podcasts a week here at Atlanta Legacy and, we're habitat nerds and plant nerds, but we love chasing big deer and, and kind of combined it all together. Yeah, dude, that's awesome stuff. Thanks so much, brother. Really appreciate your time today. Absolutely, man. Take care and you be safe out there. Guys, be sure and check the description below to see more about what we have going on, what Mark has going on, and some really helpful links that might help you as season gets started here. In particular, Mark has a pretty good article about making things fun because it is important to have fun while you're out there. It keeps you rocking and rolling and having a good time and staying sharp on these deer. This is Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. For three days only, save up to 30% off bestsellers from First Light, FHF Gear, Phelps Game Calls, and the Meat Eater Store. They'll also have for sale the Bear Grease Trucker Hats and Camo. They're included in the sale and all the great gear on First Light. Whether you're fishing, shed hunting, scouting, sighting in rifles, or cutting lanes, your gear needs to keep up with all your spring and summer pursuits. The sale has you covered. Hurry, the sale ends May 16th. Shop now at firstlight.com, F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E.com.